In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Well, good morning. On today's show, we are revving up the engine on your financial plan. Just like buying a new car, you got to get it out of the showroom and onto the road. The Get Ready for the Future show starts right now. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome in to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. We are glad to have you along. My name is Scott Inman, along with John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker. As we've got a good show for you today, we're talking about getting your financial plan out of the showroom. And of course, where you see things, what what do you see in a showroom, I guess, is a new car most often. Just bought Garrett one, my oldest, who's not here today. Usually he'd be standing there listening to me talk about him. So it feels a little bit (laughs) better um, freeing when he's not staring back at me to make sure I get the details right. But we just bought him a new car. Uh, He had a really crappy car, let's just be honest. Uh, It's a college car. It was his first car. And he needed something. He's actually commuting to UCA now, so he needed something a little bit more... um, Reliable, we'll say. Dependable. A- dependable. That's uh, that's good. We're going to be using those terms today as well, right? Um, but I went to the uh, dealership, and you know they do put their best foot forward with the cars they present to you in the showroom, right? <laughs> sure. And, and they are shiny, and they are new, and they are exciting. And I I I actually looked at one and said, man, that, that I'm going to check that out. And of course, I stop pretty much when I get to the sticker. Oh yeah. Uh, and and then I'm done. Screeching halt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, you you think about the the uh, cars that are in showrooms. Dealerships all over the place. They they are the the best the best um, that they have to offer, right? Oh, it, sure. It, it, it's very exciting to think about getting in that car. But how often has anybody ever gotten in the one in the showroom and taken it for a test drive? How do we know if that car is really as good as it looks? Well, you don't. And and I'm surprised that you found even a car on the showroom around these days. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Inventories are kind of uh, squished because of the uh, shortage of microchips. There's plenty of cars out there. They just don't run. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, well, that one may not run, the well, one in the showroom. <laughs> they, they may put one without the chip in it. For display only. Yes, yes for <laughs> display only. I guess that could be the, the case. But you're right, Scott. And, and what this relates to in terms of financial planning is you've got to get your financial plan out of the the let's just call it the ethereal uh the the uh you know hypothetical and actually make it work it's got to run it's got to actually do what it says it's going to do and i think sometimes that's really the acid test in a financial plan is is it going to hold up on the road is it going to do what you want it to do you know talking about the the cars in the showroom the equivalent for a financial plan if you even have a financial plan already is that many times it's sitting on the shelf and so just like you need to take that car out and actually drive it and see how it does under certain conditions you need to take your financial plan and see how it does under certain conditions and actually live with that financial plan just like you drive a vehicle you've got to quote unquote drive your financial plan when we began the process of looking for a car for garrett the first thing he wanted to do because he is 20 almost 21 years old was check out the uh, is it carvana is that the name of the where you can actually look online and maybe oh yeah and pick it out and they've got them stacked up somewhere and yeah. so what looks like mini storage warehouses uh, it's a vending machine a for vending, cars that's it vending machine for cars and they just send it to you and that's the way he wanted to kind of well he, he wanted to start there i don't know that he wanted to complete the purchase there but when you I mean, I, I put the brakes on that real quick, right? Yeah. We're, we're not, you know, no pun intended. You're, you're going to need to test things like the brakes, like yeah, the steering yeah. wheel. I cannot imagine buying a car online and having it shipped there. I know that we're going crazy with the online shopping, but uh, 81% of buyers still prefer in-person purchases. So even, even all the Amazon shopping that we're doing, and especially as that got ramped up on um, during the pandemic, we still like to see it, touch it, feel it, wear it. Well, and I think the bigger the decision, and this is a big financial decision, the more important it is to do it, you know, in person. I I don't mind buying some things online. I, I I got my watch online. I mean, it is what it is, and I didn't have to go to a store and stand in line. It's pretty simple. I get that, but... I'm not going to buy a car online because I, I want to test drive it. And the same thing for financial planning. We believe that that relationship 
ownership is very important. I mean, uh, here locally, we've bought our vehicles local, and when something needs to be worked on, we take it back there and go, mm-hmm. hey, can you can you tell me what's going on here and explain the situation? And and they fix it and we roll on with life. And we think that there's there's balance to be had in the financial realm as well. You know, it's one thing to look at the cars online, but then to go in person. And we found a, a pretty good balance with that in financial planning to be able to combine the the robo aspect mm-hmm. with having a person there as well. My children, my adult children, are fond of telling their dad how to spend his money, and so they've, they've been <laughs> on me about buying a Tesla. Oh, my goodness. Now, okay. there's a lot of things wrong with that because, number one, you can't buy them in Arkansas. There's no Tesla dealership in Arkansas. Uh, secondly, uh, if it you know needs work, it's got to go to Dallas, I think, is the closest place. And, and the third how, thing— How do you get it there? Yeah, and the, and the yeah. third thing is you, know, you, you put it on a truck and you ship it out <laughs> yeah. there. Yes. And the third thing is— there's just not that many places to power one up, you know, and and so if I'm out running around, and I forget, you know, that because there's no gas gauge, you know, if I forget that it needs charging, then I'm stuck. Yeah. And so I think the practicality mm. issue is what you've got to think about in terms of a financial plan too, Scott, because, you know, practically, you know, it can all sound good on paper or on a screen, but it's got to work in your life and you've got to understand how it works and you've got to be able to make adjustments Mm -hmm. to that. You've got to be in a situation where that financial plan is going to work for you much like a car is going to work for you. I can't imagine I'm that same way. I can't imagine having a car shipped in and go, oh yeah, that's great. I'll I'll take that. Mm -hmm. I, you know, maybe if I were looking for a particular color or a particular style or something of that nature, but I can guarantee you that I'm probably going to go to a showroom and I'm probably going to sit in it i'm probably going to drive it and all that and i'll have all of my decision making done and then i'll say i want it in blue or i want it in red or whatever the case may be and then i'll take that car but before i sign on the dotted line i'm still going to check it out and make sure Mm -hmm. it's exactly what i want customized that's the word and and we talk about that in the financial planning world too your financial plan should be customized to you janet you mentioned the robo advisor this year in the u.s 3.5 million adult investors will use a robo-advisor to handle their portfolio, and that's up by 23.2% over a year ago, and that saw record growth of 37.4%. So it's on the rise, people going Mm -hmm. to the algorithm method, the plug-and-play method of investment uh, or management of their investment portfolios. And, you know, if you see the correlation that we're talking about with you buying a new car and it is the relationship. We found that during the pandemic when we uh, were meeting with new clients, and certainly we have offered the Zoom uh, meetings for people who didn't mm-hmm, want to get mm-hmm. out for fear of, of COVID. Uh, but we realized real quickly after shutting down the office for a few weeks that most new clients coming on board and right. making those types of decisions with their life savings wanted to see you eye to eye, meet in person. You know, I I know this is not a hundred percent across the board accurately, but what are accurate, but what we tend to see is that this is a generational preference. Yeah. Like on the you know, Scott, you were talking about that three point five million adult investors using Robo Advisor. Yes, but what age are those adults? You know, what end mm-hmm. of the spectrum are they uh, as far as their age is concerned? And I believe, I'd love to see the stats on this, but I believe most of them are younger. Not 100%, but most of them are because what we see is at the time of retirement, there are so many personalized decisions that need to be made that can't receive just a generic piece of advice that works for everybody as a, as a blanket. It has to be individualized. Think about Medicare, for example, Social Security. There are so many things that come down to the details of you and your spouse. And I've said for many years, you could have worked at the same factory as your twin brother for the entire career, started on the same day and retired on the same day, gotten paid the same thing, and your retirement numbers would be different because you both have a spouse. And there are details that vary at that point. And so it's critical, we believe, for you to be able to have that relationship. And let me just say that that this we say this all the time about investments and a robo advisor uh, if you want to call it that our robo platform yeah is not a financial plan no more than an investment product 
is a financial plan. You know, when I ask people if they have a financial plan and they hand me their 401k statement, I just kind of think about, okay, you don't really understand what a financial plan is because they think this is my plan because it says retirement plan. Mm. It's really not a plan. It's really just a set of investments. And all a robo-advisor is is a cookie-cutter, pre-selected set of investments that runs on an algorithm that says, okay, we're going to make these allocations as you get older and put more in bonds than in stocks and things of that nature. And it's really nothing fancy. It really is just an automated version of asset allocation. But asset allocation is not a financial plan. A financial plan actually lives and breathes with your life to help you accomplish the things that you're looking to accomplish. And Scott, I don't know any uh, computer program that can do that without the aid of an advisor interacting with that client and making adjustments along the way. Guys, let's talk for a few minutes. John, you made a very valid point about the the financial plan and that your investment, your retirement plan is not a financial plan. Let's give some things that are included in a financial plan that people may not know about. Um, I already mentioned Social Security. We do an analysis for couples when they come in or for an individual, whatever your case may be, to determine the best uh, strategy based on what we know. Obviously, we don't know your exact life expectancy, but based Based on the circumstances that we know at that point, we walk through a social security analysis. That's not included in your retirement plan at work, and it's frankly not included in the, the in the robo approach. So, what are some of the other things that are included, guys? Well, I, I think about it like an orchestra, and a tuba solo is not a concert. You right. know, it's just a tuba solo. It's just somebody playing the tuba. And if that's all you heard, that'd be kind of a, a pretty flat experience, so to speak. Might be cool for the tuba player, but it's really not entertaining by any stretch of the imagination. It is when everything all works together, when all of the components are working together and harmonizing, that is how I look at a financial plan. There's all kinds of different aspects to a financial plan. There could be really literally hundreds of things that you could touch on in a financial plan, depending on the complexity of someone's situation. Yeah, I love what you talk about the the orchestra, because I think about when we build a uh, retirement income plan for people during the through the ready to retire process you can you can probably on your own figure out that if i have this amount of money and i plug in a number with a rate of return that over 20 years i'm going to end up with this amount of money but what does that really tell you right what does that number really tell you the other component of that is finding out is it enough depending on the age you walk away from work and how long you may live and if you're married and other components like the social security and possibly pension income all those things combined and how much you're going to need and want in monthly income in retirement that have to all work together as an orchestra to determine if your asset level that you can go online and figure out what it might be 20 years from now is going to be enough. Yeah, you clearly have to be able to to harmonize everything that's going on in your in your financial life. And it's maybe even things that are traditionally thought of as non-financial, like estate planning. You know, at some point in time, you want to pass on Mm -hmm. the assets that you have to your heirs, and you want to do that in a very efficient way. You want to do it in a way that that really does minimize things like probate and taxes and things of that nature. All of that is included in a good financial plan. When you think about things like uh, liabilities and, and protecting the assets that you have, you know, part of a good financial plan is looking at the liabilities that you you have and trying to protect against that you know something really strange or really weird happening and i just don't i've never seen and probably never will see at least in my career the artificial intelligence enough to make that mm-hmm. actually happen yeah seeing that shiny new car on the showroom floor is exciting but unless you get it out on the road and put the wheels on the pavement your plan is really sitting in neutral financial planning is more than just your assets investments and net worth. It's about what you want to do with your money and why, and about identifying your concerns, expectations, and goals. And you can find out your probability of a successful retirement for free. This is a bird's eye view of where you are on your journey to retirement. Visit 15minuteretirement.com. That's one five, then minuteretirement.com, or just text the word checkup to 501 381 5228. Free offering from Gen Wealth. We're back in just a moment. 
Gen Wealth Advisors ready to help you. We have offices all over the state of Arkansas in Conway, West Little Rock, Bryant, Hot Springs, El Dorado, and we're also in northwest Louisiana and central Tennessee. To find an advisor near you, just call toll-free 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. A first meeting with a Gen Wealth Advisor is always complimentary. We're talking about getting your financial plan out of the showroom and onto the road. I think about that shiny new car sitting in the showroom. Everybody's seen one. You drive up on the lot. Maybe you're not serious about buying. It's still exciting to look at those cars. But to really find out if it's worth buying and put it into motion and see it be successful for you and you get what you need out of it, you've got to get it out onto the road. And one of the things I think that is very important to people today when buying a car is the safety measures that are in place on that car. The things that are on it now are just amazing, really. If you think yeah. about what's available mm-hmm. on a, a new vehicle, I was actually, uh, when I bought my most recent pickup, this has been uh, several years ago, I was surprised to see my insurance rates actually went down even though the vehicle was newer. You know, that's the way you normally think about right. calling your insurance agent saying, I've got a new car. You expect those rates to go up, but they went down. And I asked why, and they said, because the newer vehicles are better equipped to avoid an accident. So yeah. it's actually making insurance premiums go down. But you think about the, you know, the lane, if you get out of the lane, it's going to tell you, yeah. you got the uh, the bells and whistles on the uh, mirrors to let you know if somebody's there. It's pretty wild. Yeah. And, it, and oftentimes you are uh, almost letting the car drive itself. Now, yeah. I know I mentioned Tesla almost. earlier. <laughs> almost. Almost. Some people Tesla. need that. Some people I, need that. By I way. had the opportunity to drive, test drive a Tesla in California one time, and it was the wildest experience. You literally could let go of the wheel and it would move with the road. Mm-hmm. And, and now it would talk to you and say, put your hand back on the wheel after you know a few <laughs> seconds or whatever. Uh, so I'm not real sure what the point is. But anyway, uh, it was really kind of an interesting experience where technology has driven us. And, you know, I think about, uh, you know, when you get into an older car and, you know, you don't have like all the airbags and things of that nature. And mm-hmm. and nobody would really think this in this day and time of riding very far without put, putting their seatbelt on, primarily because it's that annoying little noise that keeps happening. <laughs> you yeah. know? Another safety and, measure. And all of that. But, uh, you know, one of the biggest exposures, I think, Scott, in financial planning right now is, and this has been a trend probably over the last 15 or 20 years, is we've seen the uh, willingness to purchase life insurance go down, down, down. Now, it's actually picked up some with all the COVID thing mm-hmm. that's that's going on. Mm-hmm. People, you know, go, oh, wow, there, there's really a threat here. Because most people are of the mindset that, you know, that's not going to happen to me. It's kind of like long-term care right. insurance. I'm never going to go in a nursing home. I'll just die. Well, there's a whole lot of folks in nursing homes today that thought just right. that. But, Janet, I think it's really interesting when you think about the exposure that a family, particularly a young family, Mm -hmm. has in the area of life insurance. This is something that I think that it really does take conversation and explanation from a financial advisor to get people to really understand the, the exposure that they do have. So let's go back to the car analogy. I I know people who would not be here today were it not for the combination of a seatbelt and airbags. Those safety features saved their lives. And so when you think about that's actually saving your life itself, life insurance, we think is misnamed. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't save your life. It doesn't insure your life, but it does insure your fan, your family's standard of living. OK, so if something happens to you and you don't come home, do you want your family to be able to maintain their current standard of living? And frankly, it's just something that people don't think about. Now, this day and time. I don't think that anybody would buy for their, Scott, you talked about, you know, buying a new vehicle for your son who's in his early 20s. Would you have bought something that didn't have seatbelts and didn't right. ha- and didn't have an airbag? There's there's no way. Right. Okay. But, but we don't think about life insurance in the same way, but we yeah. really need to, you know. I think a lot of it really owes to the fact that most people, most young people think I'm young and healthy. I'm invincible. Yeah, I'm invincible. I'm bulletproof. I'm dying is a long way away. And this is really just a waste of money. 
And it's really not. You know, you can buy a significant amount of life insurance, especially if you're in your 20s or 30s. You can buy a significant amount of life insurance for maybe as much as as less as a dollar a day. And when you think about the protection that that gives your family, even if you don't earn an income, meaning if you're a stay at home mom, there's a financial burden that's going to come into play if something happens to you, especially if you have young kids. There's a lot of, of things that are going to need to be hired done, so to speak. If uh, if that you know life insurance is not in place, then you're going to have that financial burden. And I think clearly that this is something that, that we've got to work on changing yeah. in the mindset of people because – you know, life happens. It and, does. And you've got to have some protection to make that make sure that happens. I want to help you think for just a moment about the math behind this. It's pretty easy math to figure out whether you are underinsured or not. And I understand you may have insurance at work. Um, I, I know a family um, who the husband actually changed jobs and then he got sick and passed away before insurance um, kicked in at the new employer. So you always, always, always want to have insurance that you independently own. But let's talk about the math for just a minute. The question is, if you didn't come home tomorrow, how much income would your family need to have replaced? And it's probably not the full amount you make because you're contributing maybe to your 401k, things like that. But it's a significant portion of what you make. So think about how much of that would need to be replaced if you didn't come home. And let's just do the math. If it's if it's $30,000, well, 30000 is 5% of $600,000. So you need $600,000 in insurance because what that means is your spouse could walk in at GenWealth and say, here's $600,000. I need $30,000 a year, and we could make that work, okay? It's just a general concept of 5% of of the income amount is the, I'm sorry, I'm saying that backwards, whatever income amount they need is 5% of the insurance amount, and John, you made a little bit of a reference to this, even if there's a stay-at-home spouse, that doesn't mean that there's no need for insurance for that person. I'll use my husband as an example. For health reasons, he's a stay-at-home dad, but he he picks up our daughter every day at school so that I can stay at work. He does all the grocery shopping so that I can continue working. He does almost all of the laundry. So Again, so I can do my job. He does those things. And if something happened to him, I would either have to spend a lot more time away from work or I would need to hire Mary Poppins to to handle those things, you know, she's expensive. So yes, she is expensive, and so uh, you know, it, and there comes a point where it would be okay, but right. it, but we're not quite there until the ki- right. until we're empty nesters. I'm not okay with that. So. Well, and and if you think about this from the other end of the spectrum, you think about okay, life insurance is for you know people that have incomes that need to be replaced and activities that need to be compensated for if there's a death in the family. Let's look at the other end of the spectrum. If you think about long term care mm-hmm. health care expenses and things of that nature, the average retiree at age 65 uh, can expect to spend about $387,000 for retirement health care costs, not including long-term care. Now, that's a statistic from HealthView Services Financial. So when you think about the the expenses that, that roll around in retirement and you think, okay, life insurance is something that I needed when I was accumulating money and I didn't have the assets. Well, long-term care insurance is something that you need to have to protect those assets so that they can be paid on and passed on to the, to the next generation. And again, Scott, we have almost this uh, head in the sand ostrich mentality when it comes to long-term care because people yeah. really are uncomfortable talking about it. Yeah, and I think it goes back to the orchestra that you talked about in the first segment. The How do you know how much life insurance you need? How do you know how long you need that coverage of death mm-hmm. benefit? And how do you know when you need to pivot from a life insurance coverage to a long-term care coverage? That's all part of your overall financial plan. And when you talk about long-term care that is absolutely the elephant in the room because a lot of people don't want to think about it now the i think the object or the uh, exception there is when families have had personal experience with it then they realize the need and they realize very very vividly the cost that is associated with that and and quite frankly there may be people that have enough assets to self-insure again that goes back to the overall plan if you have a monthly income if your retirement income plan that we build for you is large enough to incur the possibility that both of you will need coverage 
then you're probably going to self-insure, right? Or you may have a bucket over to the side of long of assets to provide long-term care coverage if you need. But the reality is most people don't have that. Well, I think about this in terms of what is called discounted dollars. If you think about a dollar that is spent on health care in retirement, you could take $1 out of your pocket and pay for that, or you could take a few pennies out of your, do- uh, out of your pocket and insure against that and then let the insurance company pay that dollar for that health care coverage. It is basically a discounted dollar that's paying for that health coverage, uh, that health uh, need that you have if you use some type of long-term care insurance. And look, let me just say that, that we're not in the business of causing our clients to spend money needlessly on insurance products that they may never use. But it is really a safety measure. You don't really want to use your airbags or your seatbelt in your Mm -hmm. car. But you pay for those things Mm -hmm. because the possibility exists that you may need them at some point in time. The same is true for life insurance or long-term care insurance because those two things really do step in at a time of need, at a time of loss, at a time of financial uh, hardship or inconvenience and provide for the coverage that you may, may need in that particular situation. Well, when you think about all those things working together, that financial plan and the need to get it out of the showroom and put the wheels on the road, all of those things have to be components of it. And you know, you, a lot of people think about a financial advisor just being someone who's going to talk to them about investments, someone who's going to tell them where to invest their money, how to invest their money. It should be, in often cases it's not, but at Gen Wealth it is, more than just investments. Well, investments are the, I'm just going to call it the sexy part of, of a financial plan. Mm-hmm. It's where the growth is. It's where the excitement is. There's where the volatility is in the stock market. And, and that's attractive to most everybody. But a financial plan is something that really is, uh, you know, very detail-oriented and very very in the weeds, if you will, about your life, your money, and your well-being. And so if you don't have that, then you really need to give us a call at 866-653-PLAN here at GenWealth, and we'll help you out. All right, so we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the evolving of your investments and your assets into what it should look like at retirement. How do you turn your assets into income? That is the next part of getting that car out of the showroom, your financial plan out of the showroom. Back after this. Just like the car you want and need is more than just that shiny vehicle on the showroom floor, your financial plan is more than just investments. We were talking about the safety measures in the last segment that should be in place both in the vehicle you choose when you get it out of the showroom and drive it onto the Uh, street onto the road and also in your financial plan things like life insurance protection there and long-term care insurance when you arrive at retirement to protect your assets uh, and be able to uh, leverage an insurance company if needed in the event of a long-term care uh, need so we're going to talk in this segment about how you turn your assets into income because that's another part of the more than just investments the investments is a key cog the investment strategy is a key component of uh, of doing this, of turning your assets into income, very key, but it really is not about the assets, it's about the income. You know, when we start thinking about this, guys, I think about the fact that that uh, there are a whole lot of investors out there that uh, posture themselves as aggressive investors, especially during times like these. We've, mm-hmm. we've seen mm-hmm. the market just go almost straight up since uh, March of 2020, and uh, you know, continuing to, to look like equities are the best place to, to put money for the time being. And you know, everybody is an aggressive investor until the market makes them cowards. You know? yeah. And, yeah. And, and that will happen sometime, and, and people who thought they were aggressive, when they take a 15 or 20% hit in their portfolio they wonder what the heck happened yeah so i'm going to tell y'all a story about my dad you know when when vehicles went from having gauges that would show you the progress of whatever it is you wanted to look at you know so it's a gauge that shows you know red green whatever over time and you can see it becoming a problem before it is a problem and then they went to just lights like hey you have a problem (laughs) my my dad called those idiot lights like only an idiot it's going to wait until the light comes on. You right. need to know before a problem becomes a problem. The gauges really helped you understand 
hey, there's something happening there and we need to do some adjusting or no, we're good. Like the light has come on. Have y'all ever had a light come on and there wasn't really a problem? You know, that happens a lot. So the same is true with your investing. Your review, your annual touching base with your advisor should serve kind of like a gauge, okay? And if we're in the midst of volatility, or even if we're not, you have a conversation about what does that look like when it happens? Because it's not a question of of if, it's a question of when. So when there's a 10% pullback, what does that mean? You know, you get to see the gauge instead of the idiot light. You get to understand what does this gauge actually tell me? And it means different things for different people. If you're, you know, at the precipice of retirement and we're talking about your whole portfolio going down by 30%, that's a problem. You know, that's that's the gauge is about to like peg the meter there, so to speak. And but, when your statement says it's down 30%, that's the idiot light that just came yeah. on and you're it's too late. Yeah, exactly. But but if you're younger, then that's a different situation. For you, that, that gauge still looks great, even though the portfolio is down tremendously. Just keep running the play. Just keep doing your thing. Scott, I think about this in context of the uh, ready-to-retire process and your retirement income plan. Mm-hmm. I use this example as we were talking about this uh, amongst our advisors the other day. I said, you know, if someone is supposed to be in one of their segments or one of their buckets, if you will, at $200,000, and last year they were at 220 and they had a 10% downturn if all they look at is the 10% downturn then it's you know th- things are going wrong right. but if they then look and say okay I'm still on track for my mm-hmm. uh, my goal mm-hmm. then actually in context of your plan that 10% downturn actually looks way better uh, you know in context with the plan as opposed to just looking at it solely as a 10% downturn because if you're looking at long-term investments they're just going to be volatile at some particular point in time now we haven't seen a lot of volatility in the last year or so, but the volatility will come around again. It is in context of your plan that allows you to ask the question, what does this mean to me and my plan? Yeah. And the number one goal here in retirement is to not run out of money before you run out of time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that puts people into fear mode and puts all of their assets in the just-in-case category in many cases. They want to live on that guaranteed income, which for most people is only Social Security, and they park that other money as a just-in-case retirement. Well, this is the antidote to that, right? The retirement income plan that we build through the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process provides you on paper, on purpose, a financial plan that shows you the monthly income that you'll receive in retirement. And you choose that, right? You build that with your advisor. And it starts with determining what you're going to have to have, the required income you're going to need just to pay the bills. Yeah. And I think about, you know, what we do here at GenWealth with the ready to retire process. Mm-hmm. It is really kind of like the evolution of the of the automobile. You know, back in the day, automobiles were pretty risky things to be driving down the road. You didn't have any kind of protection around you at all. You know, you think about the old, uh, you know, convertibles that uh, are open air cars that they Mm -hmm, had. You know, mm -hmm. it was real easy to get thrown across the pasture if you ran into the ditch. Uh, Well, today there's an evolution that has gone on and a ton of things that are in place to protect you. And so when you think about what we do here at GenWealth with the ready to retire process, it is an evolution of protection and strategy when it comes to retirement income planning. There are safety nets and guardrails that we put into place in a retirement income plan that keeps you from oftentimes running off in the ditch and your and your plan tossing you out in the pasture someplace. You know, the, the most basic part of it is frankly even just having a plan for income at all, mm-hmm. because as we talked about earlier in the show, many people have an investment. They have investments, but they have a retirement quote unquote plan, but it's it's their 401k plan. It is not a plan that deals with how are you going to take income? How much income are you going to take? How are you going to invest so that you can continue to take that income and even more to deal with inflation? So having that plan in place 
frankly, just even the presence of the plan is part of the safety of retirement. And when you think about the way that we build retirement income at GenWealth, we build a floor or a foundation level of income that should be, you know, equal to what your basic needs are. So what that really does is it gives you a lot of freedom because you know without a doubt that that money is going to come in on a regular, predictable, dependable basis. If you think about Social Security, if you have a pension, if you have some type of guaranteed income product producing income, that forms a floor of income that will not go down throughout your retirement. And so that gives you a lot of freedom with the rest of the money that you have. I call it, Scott, a license to spend mm-hmm. because you know that that you've got your basic income taken care of. And then you have the, the segments or the buckets that really do go toward discretionary income and inflation adjustments for your retirement plan. And that does give you a lot of liberty. Yeah, we know that uh, if you're expenses are covered with the guaranteed income sources in day one of retirement, that that number is going to need to get larger over over the course of your retirement. And in many cases, that's not going to come from Social Security. The cost of living adjustment is not going to keep up with true inflation. We've talked about that in previous shows. So you have to have inflation-adjusted increases to your monthly income, and that's where the bucketing takes place. So let's kind of dive into the what the bucketing is all about, because I think the, the traditional thought process for financial services is a diversified pie, right? Mm-hmm. A, a circle, if you will, a wheel right. of investments and no real, uh, I guess, determination or definitive way to plan for how you're going to withdraw that money. In fact, I've shared this story before. I've had uh, clients came in from another advisor, and when it came time for them to make a withdrawal, the advisor asked them, what do they want to sell? And that's the advisor's job. And really, not on a case-by-case basis. It should be predetermined in the investment plan or in the retirement income plan. And that's what the bucketing strategy does. It does. And and it creates a pool of money that you can pull from regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of what's going on in the markets. And Janet, from there, you can actually uh, waterfall profits out of the other buckets into that pool of money to provide you income for life. So let's talk a little bit more about that conservative <laughs> bucket and what it is not and that a lot of people might think, well, I, I've got some conservative investments right now. Things are, are different than they used to be. And let's talk about bonds just a little bit inside of your 401k or whatever other corporate retirement plan you might have. If you are using a, many times they're called target date fund, if you're using something like that that's based on your timeline to retirement, I can guarantee you it has an allocation to some bonds. And over the past 40 years, guys, bonds have looked great. But that's a a rearview mirror. You know, you don't drive down the interstate looking in your rearview mirror because that's going to cause a problem in front of you. So the same is true with investing. We don't want to do rearview mirror investing. The reason bonds look great in the rearview is that as interest rates rise, bond prices go down. And as interest rates lower, bond prices go up. So since about 1980, you guys remember double digit uh, interest rates on CDs, you know, interest rates were high, they went down and bond prices went up during that time. So for 40 years, we've seen bonds go up. I don't care what it is. When you see something happen for 40 years, you begin to think it's permanent. But now interest rates are on the deck. And as interest rates rise, the other end of the seesaw will go down, and that is bond prices. So you may think, oh, I've got that conservative element covered. I'm telling you right now, you don't. Yeah, and there's a real good reason that one of the biggest uh, portfolio managers of bond portfolios in the country just recently said that bonds – by and large, are junk investments for mm. for advice for uh, clients right now. Mm. Now, all bonds are not made the same. Right. I, I think that's important to point out mm-hmm. because in in some of our portfolios there are fixed income instruments, but those fixed income instruments are leaning toward things that are not negatively affected in a great degree by that rise in interest rates. And there is still a reason to not be all in in equities because right. equities are volatile, and you will need that protection at some point in time in your portfolio. It needs to be nimble, that, yes. that fixed income portion of the conservative bucket. But then you step out to that middle bucket and there are other options too. I think that's a key component to point out if you think that you're going to just have that money in your 401k and pull out of it from time to time. There are other asset classes out there available not in your 401k, but if you want to consider rolling it over to an IRA. 
Yeah, there are a lot of asset classes out there, and and primarily one of the things that, that we're looking at these days are what are things out there that, that produce income like a bond, right. but are not necessarily tied to the bond market. And those are things that we would build into a portfolio here at GenWealth, income-producing instruments that, that mimic the activity of a bond in terms of producing income, but provide some long-term stability in terms of availability of principal. We've got a free way to find out your probability of a successful retirement and you can do it by going to the website 15minuteretirement.com just put the number 15 numbers 15 and then spell out minuteretirement.com or you can text the word checkup to 501-381-5228 that's 501-381-5228 back in a moment education driven strategy based team delivered that is the gen wealth difference and if you'd like to sit down with the gen wealth financial advisor you can do that by calling toll-free 866-653-PLAN that's 866-653-7526 or you can also reach us via email just send that email to info at getreadyforthefuture.com revving up the engine on your financial plan that's the theme of today's get ready for the future show just like buying a new car you got to get it out of the showroom or off the lot and onto the road to make it work we talked about the safety features necessary in your financial plan whether it's evaluating a need for life insurance as you accumulate wealth or in retirement to protect against a long-term care event and in the last segment we spoke about turning your assets into income how do you know how much you need in retirement. And it's all about the income you're going to need and the discretionary income you're going to want to build a plan for monthly income that is consistent regardless of what is happening in the market and really to some extent over your overall portfolio value. You need to focus on the income first and we want it to be consistent. We don't want how much you take on a year-to-year basis determined by how the account is doing. And that was what we talked about in the last segment. So in our final segment here, we're going to talk about time built for the long haul. And and this is something that I think is pretty easy for somebody who's 20 or 25 year old, 25 years old to think about, although they don't oftentimes invest <laughs> uh, like they should. And they have a great opportunity to let that thing get on the, you know, get in the uh, crock pot and slow cook over 40 years right. and build and build and accumulate wealth. But it also applies to people at retirement. We talk so often guys about people thinking of retirement as the finish line. And that's when the time you put the brakes on and stop. But that is a time where you still have to think about things in terms of the long haul. Scott, when you think about long haul, you, you think most of uh, the people think of that, that young people have the longest time uh, to invest. And that that's true. And we've got a couple of programs here at GenWealth Financial Advisors to help uh, people who are accumulating dollars. First of all, let's talk about MoneyWorks. MoneyWorks is really a financial wellness program. This is to create a financial foundation for you to help basically just get your act together from things like understanding what an emergency fund is for, understanding what life insurance is all about, understanding that uh, what uh, some basic concepts like dollar cost averaging and things of that nature. Janet, we created MoneyWorks to try to give folks that are either just starting out or who are starting over mm-hmm. an opportunity to have a, a, a way forward with the, the ease of technology and with the convenience of working with a financial coach. Well, you know, the reality is I don't care if you have a third grade education or you have 15 doctorates. Nobody, unless this is your area of expertise, nobody ever taught you how money works. Like in every category of money, how does it work? What do you need to know about it? And frankly, it's it's really very disappointing to me that we don't do a better job in our education system in that realm. But we decided we're not just going to let this problem sit. In the For the people that we can make contact with, we're going to solve this problem and we're going to have education available for you. So you can go through this program on your own and get education that way online through this program that we have available to you, but also have access to an advisor or who's your personal coach who can say, hey, here's a little bit more information that you need to know that really applies to your situation. So if you'd like to learn more about maybe getting started for yourself as far as MoneyWorks is concerned, all you need to do is give us a call. You can call us toll-free, 866-653-PLAN, 866-653-7526. And Janet, a step up from MoneyWorks would be our Money Guide program. Money Guide is really about where we dig 
into the goals. You've gotten your foundation really established very well, and and now you're ready to really begin to make some progress in your financial plan. And so establishing goals uh, for your family, uh, goals for your retirement, goals for transferring assets, goals for taking care of elderly parents. I, I think about the, the Money Guide program, basically for those folks that are in the middle of life trying to balance life and money and going, what do I do with all this? How do I be sure I'm making a good living, but I don't seem to be getting anywhere. I don't really seem to be making that forward progress. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, then Money Guide is for you. And it's a great program that we put together. Uh, A lot of technology involved in it, but also very deeply involved with your advisor in charting the course and then tracking that as time goes on and making sure you are making progress because Scott, nothing is better than, than some positive confirmation about how things are going in your financial plan. Yeah, and when, from an age standpoint, I'm in that category. I'm in, in the middle part of my life where kids are going to college and I've got tuition, but that's only going to last for a couple more years, and then I've only got one kid in the house. Might be empty nesters. Things are constantly changing. Yes. And I think that's where money works really, uh, or, or a money guide rather, works really well is that it, it, you, can, you can plug and play with it and change it around. There's a lot of what-if scenarios that that we know that things are going to change almost on a daily basis for you. So you can actually uh, drive that yourself to some degree, and then your advisor can see that as well and help you make decisions about it. One of the biggest fallacies that that I run into in having conversations with people is they think, because I did a financial plan way back when, Mm -hmm. I've done it, it's all done, it's all taken care of, everything's good. That has to be a living, breathing document that that alters and changes as your life alters and changes. I don't know anybody that, that, you know, if you think back 15 years ago, that you are where you are today and you were thinking this is exactly where I was going to be 15 years ago. Yeah, things change. They absolutely do. Um, so we've talked about two groups uh, before the ready-to-retire process, this group that is at the precipice of retirement or maybe already in retirement. Guys, you are still in this for the long haul. People don't think about that at this age, but you really are because from the time that you retire, you're looking at easily 20 to 30 years in retirement. Think about how many people you know who are in their 80s. Think about how many people you know who are in their 90s. It's not, you know, the strangest thing on the planet to know somebody now in their 90s like it used to be. So plan for plan for you to continue to be here. And if you think about, uh, let's go back to the car analogy for just a moment, you know, periodically on this long trip, you've got to stop and, and fuel up, you know, to continue to be able to make the trip. Mm-hmm. If you think of that fuel as your paycheck, as you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, you get a paycheck every once in a while, you can keep going, get another paycheck, you can keep going. Well, in retirement, you better have a gas pump in your backyard (laughs) because you're not going to be able to stop along the way and get gas. Nobody's going to give you a paycheck anymore. You've got to be able to create your own paycheck. And that's what the ready to retire process is all about. There's no Santa Claus that's going to show up at retirement and say, oh, you're a little bit short here. Let me uh, throw in a few thousand dollars in your plan. Mm -hmm. Just doesn't happen that way. And so this ready to retire process does give you the opportunity to be planning for basic survival income, things that you need to, to just make the bills, you know, food, clothing, transportation, shelter, taxes, insurance, things of that nature, all of the inevitabilities of life. I call them your monthly liabilities. They have to be met with regular, predictable monthly assets. And that's the first thing that you do in the ready to retire process is that you establish that regular monthly income. And then from there, you begin to do some inflation adjustments. You begin to do some things with discretionary spending, some the goals that you have, some of the dreams and the wants that you have, the wishes that you have in retirement, all of that gets planned out in the ready to retire process. Plus, all of the things that we've talked about on this show and a lot more that are ancillary to the provision of income to you because retirement is really about income, but it's a lot more than that. It really is in terms of, of all of the financial planning that has to go on. It is a very, very busy time for you. And so the ready to retire process will get you 
ready to retire. And if you're already retired, it will make sure that you can have the type of retirement that you really are hoping and dreaming about. When I think about building something for the long haul, and as it relates to that car analogy, I think about the uh, oil changes that have to take place, the servicing of that vehicle to make sure you get the mileage out of it that you need. And the same is true in your financial plan, and that is the annual review. Looking at looking back over how you did and and servicing that plan, if you will, giving it an oil mm-hmm. change and tweaking it where it may may need it, and not tweaking it, leaving it alone when it needs leaving alone. But it's a review with your advisor on at least an annual basis to see how you're doing. Because even in retirement, it's not a build it once and forget it mentality. Even then, your retirement income plan is a living, breathing document. There is the final bell, and that means it is time for... Uh, not an oil change, but our final thoughts. <laughs> Sounds like when you're pulling it out of the bay, right? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, just like a car does not belong in the showroom long term, your plan does not belong on a shelf. It's got to be an active living, breathing document that you use and that gets updated from time to time. So will your plan hold up on the road? And maybe for some of you, the question is, do you have a plan? Mm. Yeah, and I think uh, Janet uh, dovetails right into my final thoughts is that hope is not a plan. And a lot of people out there today in this day and time are just banking on hope. I hope it all works out. I hope I'm able to retire. I hope that I'm able to accumulate the money that I need to have uh, prior to retirement. Hope is not a plan. Really, it is really just uh, a wish. And if you think about it, you've got to take action to make those wishes reality. So it's time that you take the wheel of your financial plan and say, look, I'm going to get this together. And that starts with a call to your Gen Wealth Advisor. And here's how to do it. You can call toll free 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. We have offices all over the state of Arkansas in Conway, West Little Rock, Bryant, El Dorado, Hot Springs, or in northwest Louisiana and in central Tennessee. So there's an advisor near you ready to help. And my final thought is don't forget about uh, our free offering, a way to find out your probability of a successful retirement for free. It gets the the wheels moving, wheels in motion, since we're talking about cars hitting the road instead of staying in the showroom. And here's how to do it. We've got it. It's called 15MinuteRetirement.com. Go to 15MinuteRetirement.com, or you can just text the word CHECKUP to 501-381-5228. It's 501-381-5228. That's all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. We hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The Gen Wealth financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.